Welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Oh, God. I have the hiccups. I'm so sorry. You want to restart? What are you talking about? No. Okay. Oh, I have the hiccups really bad, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, gentlemen. We just ate dinner. This is a late night podcast. We're actually, usually we like to get our podcast done at around, like, what would you say? What is it? Usual five time. O'clock. Five o'clock-ish? No, normally, we get them done at around five. Like well, we start at, like, three. Yeah. Today, it's more like we're starting at 7. We're going to get done at 8 on a Sunday. Just a real casual Sunday. Yeah. Is all this episode's going to be. Just a casual Sunday podcast. Actually, that's not true. Do you know what the episode's going oh, to be about, Eddie? <laughs> well, first, up. it's going to be about prom. And then after that, it's going to be about more philosophical stuff because, you know, we got to be deep. Yeah. We're feeling, like, super, like, tired. It's the day after prom, and we're super tired and spent, so, like, we just want to, like, talk about it, and then just talk about, like, how the universe works, you know? You know, Eddie? Yes, I do know. So, starting off with prom. Well, you did not go. No, I did not. So, the actual dance is what I mean. So, I have a girlfriend, of course, so I did go to prom, did the whole nine yards, but Eddie and our other group of bachelor friends some of our notables um jack who's on the podcast along with sheldon just said fuck prom and like took eight other dudes and they're all like man fuck prom and they all just went to jack's house and partied <laughs> pretty yeah, much and, and i went was, to prom it was so much better than the dance but you didn't go to the dance so how would you know that though because <laughs> i've seen oh, fuck i don't need my own experience to know what is good and what is not good, I can tell from other people's experiences. And what I have learned was that it was not worth the $20 fee that was required to get in. Yeah, it wasn't worth the $20 to go fucking stand around at a um a food pantry. It was at the food pantry, our local food pantry. Yeah, that... Okay, so it's, one, the food pantry. Two, the old people home, Um, where all the old people meet. And I think it has another purpose, but I forget. I'm not sure. It's not just what's it's remodeled and it was nice, but it just wasn't the most like classy environment. Do you know why it was remodeled? Because the fucking roof caved in. Yeah, exactly. Like, why why have it in a place where the roof literally collapsed? Yeah, I don't know either. That was really weird. The whole thing was just kind of weird. I had fun though. I did have a good time with my girlfriend. We danced a little bit. There was awkwardness, though, because, like, two two of my friends went that, like, also didn't have dates, and they're just kind of, like, they're there. They enjoyed themselves, I think. <laughs> oh, fucking hiccups. It should just be, like, writing the narrative with Jake, Eddie, and the fucking hiccup monster. Dude, I got water right there. Just drink <laughs> oh, some water, God. bro. But, I mean, I had definitely considered the fact of going, but... <sighs> The reason why I didn't was, one, it was $20, and I did not have $20. Uh, <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> That's why the dance sucked. You didn't have 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, not only that, though. It makes you sound broke as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't afford prom. I couldn't afford my prom ticket, Mom. Um, but also, I didn't have a date. And... Uh, you know, like, I could go with friends. I could do that. 
that's something that I could do. Is that something I would do? No. I think, so. it, I think it was better as a collective that you guys like hung out. But not to mention that like after prom was over, we went all went to Jack's house. That was fucking lit. Yes, that was that was one of the best times I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so we, and oh, one more thing before we continue on with prom. Um, shout out to our listeners in Brussels. <laughs> you guys oh, are yeah. fucking goaded. So the the streaming service that we use to get our podcast out there shows us analytics, and one of the new analytics it's showing is like top downloads per like region and everything in the top five is like america you know our small town um like nearby small towns like a place in illinois and then at number four is fucking brussels and i'm like dude i love you i love i love belgians i love i love them like they're they're so great do you know anything about belgium belgian waffle get fucked that's. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> oh fuck! Well, cock. It does Dude, come this is from actually Belgium. driving insane. Yes, but I I just really appreciate it. I appreciate all all you guys. You know, it does show just how fat Americans are that we took a dessert from Belgium. It turned so, it into a something m- sacred, a main course <laughs> for breakfast. Yeah, like a nutritional breakfast. Because you know there are. Shops dedicated to just waffles, but they're a dessert. Not, not. It's at like all an breakfast. ice cream. Is it like an ice cream, like place? Would that be like an equivalent in Belgium? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Right, or like you know, uh, what's that one place called? Um, Waffle House or wh- whatever. Waffle House. Yeah, that, that's not a dessert place. No, but I mean, like it's like that, except like if it wasn't American. You mean trash? Yeah, waffle houses if, are like trailer park trash. If it, if I'm waffle, sorry. If waffle you guys house like waffle wasn't, house. if waffle house wasn't white trash, then yeah, <laughs> we sound so pretentious, dude. We just, I don't know. I'm not in it right now. Life's a simulation. Nothing matters. I oh, you know what? Okay, so that that brings me on to what I wanted to talk about later in with the philosophical stuff. Oh, wait, is we, that nothing matters? Wait, wait, wait. Can we finish prom first? Okay, okay. There's yes. still a lot to talk about with prom. <gasps> that that is just. <sighs> God damn it! Okay, it's even worse if you just. If no, you I can't just it. let it go because I know there's people li- like listening at home and they're fucking hearing that. And they're like, "Oh, dude, can this kid just shut the fuck up?" And I'm trying. I would I would laugh at it because I'm laughing at you right now. You're am I a joke to you? I'm always a joke. Your life is a joke. Ha 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 ha. That's I, me laughing at your existence. <laughs> Anyways, after prom was done, I had the whole like song and dance. There was some fun moments. Like two guys got on each other's backs and like started doing a chicken fight, like jousting. I tried, you know, like the reel it in, like the cast it out there and like reel it in at the dance, you know, like the classic. Yeah, I tried doing that to our principal and our vice principal. They wouldn't come. Really? I'd like I had me and and my buddy and Trent, uh, Trent. I almost said his fucking last name. It's how out of it I am. We cast out and we reeled them in and they wouldn't come. It was a snag. Wow. And then there was this really beautiful officer of the law who was at there, a cop, a female cop who was like in her 20s. And Nick's like, dude, I'm going to go ask her out. And I'm like, go do it. Nick's one of my buddies. Again, have a lot of buddies. But he's like, I'm going to go ask her out. I'm going to do it. She looks so hot. And then it was like a sad movie because he's like i'm gonna wait till the next slow song i'm gonna bring her a piece of cake i'm gonna ask her out 
I'm like, you go, man. The next slow song came on. He's like dead ass sprinting around the entire fucking thing. And he runs up to me. He's like, she's gone. I, I don't know where she went. I, I, I have the cake. And he's like holding a piece of cake. And he's like, I, okay. I lost her. This man. Okay. So later on, he'll, he'll talk about bowling. But when we all met, at the bowling alley, the first thing. Well, the plan Nick, was to go bowling right after prom. We're yeah. going bowling and then two jacks. But when I saw Nick, the first thing that he says to me is, love is dead. And I go, Nick, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, okay, I saw this really hot girl. I was going to ask her out. I turn around. She's gone. And I'm like, you you do realize that like there are other girls there you know like i, I don't know though he made such a big deal out of it because like not only did he was he fucking say, destroyed like he was actually destroyed yeah, he was fact. in distraught like he was his world has ended nothing matters that he didn't get to ask his female cop to dance yeah and you know that she would have said no but i said there's two scenarios she kindly says no or she's like a badass female cop and she tases the fuck out of you in front of everyone, and I get it on video. Yeah, I I was going to say third option. She has so much pity. That she says yes? That she says yes. Out of a miracle. But, but yeah, if you act would like be... a little slow, he <laughs> will you dance with me? Oh, dude, <laughs> probably, actually. That that might actually hurt. Okay, I didn't mean it. He, uh, yeah, it was a bad joke. It was a little distasteful. But. You gotta admit it would probably work. I think so. But the other thing was is uh, he has a hundred senior pictures of himself, like little little senior pictures. Nick. Oh yeah, I and, remember that. And he was handing them out to like everyone. He was like sticking it. He's like a tall dude. He's like six three. He's just jumping up and he's sticking it in the ceiling of the of the fucking dance center. And it's just laying there. That's just sitting there the rest of the night. And then eventually, later on, someone posted on Instagram a picture of the vice principal holding his senior photo, and a bunch of people around it. Just there he is. I'm like, dude, what what is wrong with you? That's actually kind of cool, though. Right? Like, he's just like tossing it out there, I'm trying to think of other memorable things to happen. I had a lot of fun um, pretending to like die multiple times. Oh, yeah, I saw videos uh, of that. I was, like, messing with people. <laughs> Everyone looked. Jake's doing the worm, and as they pan the camera, I'm, like, pretending to seizure on the floor. Like, I'm spazzing. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, God. everyone was dancing around him, and he's just there, like... Like, sh- pr- like shaking on the floor. Like, 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 everyone is, like... It's so kind of weird. You know how, like... um. They'll have like the dance floor, and then like, like nobody's in there except for like one person. It was kind of like that for Jake, but like just on the floor, laying down, prone. Because <laughs> oh. like nobody was like really around him. It was like a circle of people around him just dancing, and then he's there in the middle, just on the floor, cranking them. Then we went bowling. Bowling didn't work out because they were too busy. Yeah, we we actually didn't go bowling. We went to the bowling alley. We sat there and we waited, and then they're like, "We don't, we're not, you're not gonna get to bowl." And we're like, "Fuck." Man. Yeah, because like, okay, we got there at mm, well, you got there at ten thirty, right? No, I was late. I was very late. I got there like ten forty-five. No, the plan it was ten thirty. No, the plan was to meet at ten thirty. I got there. We got there at like ten forty-five, eleven. 
oh, is that the reason why you were so late? The yeah. plan was to meet there at 10. We were waiting there half an hour for you. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, I, you're right. I thought it was 10.30. The original plan was 10, and yeah. then I got there at 10.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because uh, I remember our distinct conversation of they are only open until 11, so we only have half an hour, and you were there for that. So, yeah, we thought they closed at midnight. They actually closed at 11. Okay, okay. To be fair, how many times did I t- tell somebody? Uh, well, I, I, to be fair, I didn't take you know advantage of the situation myself. But I said in the group chat multiple times, I said, what time does the bowling alley close? And someone said, Mid- midnight. And I'm yeah, like, we all thought it was midnight. And I said in the chat, I said, are you sure that's different? The bar is different from the bowling alley itself. I'm like, why would it be different? That's what people said in the group chat. I'm like, fuck it. I said, are you sure it's not the bar that it closed at midnight and the bowling alley closed sooner? And people are like, nah, nope. They said the kitchen also closes at midnight. I was like, shit, if the kitchen closes at midnight, if they're still making pizza by midnight, then that means we're good to go. We got like two hours there. That's great. That did not happen. No. So bowling got canceled, and we went right back to Jack's. My date was tired, so she just went to bed. That's that's typical for her. She seemed pretty bummed that uh, we didn't go bowling. She didn't even want to bowl. Really? She wanted to sit and watch and talk with Megan. Wow. Yeah. I think we're just, like, entertaining. One thing that got proved to us last night is that we have this, like, weird group. It's not, like, an open group. It's pretty... It's kind of closed off, but it's a big closed off group. And so, like, we make each other laugh with our stupid jokes. And I wasn't sure if, like, we're just being stupid or if, like, we took the average everyday person and we just plopped them in the middle of our friend group. Would they feel accepted, like, accepted in the group and would they laugh at our jokes, you know? Mm -hmm. It's something I'd questioned. And then we took that, that exact scenario happened that night where we took a kid named Brady who I, we all like are, you know, we know, but we never like, and he's a, he's a cool dude. He's a normal dude. He's like actually the definition of like a normal guy, right? Yeah. He is the most normal that you can get. Cause like, he's like normal. I, I also personality typed him. Yeah, I, didn't what is ha- he? I didn't ask him the questions, but like you just assumed. Yeah, and he's an ISTJ, which happens to be the most common personality type for men in the U.S. Isn't he just like, is that just like normal? He is literally the most average, the most normal dude you could possibly ever And meet. so like I wondered if we took somebody and just popped him in, how would it go? And then we got it answered. Apparently we're funny as fuck because he was dying of laughter. He was absolutely like keeled over, dying of laughter. We all were. We're having a really, really good time. And like... He just did didn't skip a beat. I thought we were gonna be a little too nerdy for him, but like no, dude, he was like down to fuck. Like he was he was like <laughs> laughing and having the best time. He was like in pain, laughing so hard. Yeah, it was it was a pretty fun time. I was surprised to see him there, but it was it was and a pleasant that, surprise. And not only that, but like usually when people are like that, they don't feel comfortable enough to stay the night. Especially mm-hmm. it was his first time ever staying at Jack's. Yeah, usually they don't feel comfortable to stay the night night they'll leave at like the earliest they'll be like yeah i'm gonna go and just like make up some bullshit excuse actually not only did he stay the night and fucking stay up till like five in the morning right hanging out with us but also um he had the option to go to another party with like um uh alcohol like an actual like party party because we didn't have 
you know, any alcohol. We're lame like that. We're lame fucking high schoolers. And he shot down the other party to stay and hang out with us and spend the night. Then again, that's not really his forte either. (laughs) But I'm sure he wouldn't mind, like, partaking. He's the average Joe. Like, he'll do anything. Yeah, that's true. He's literally the most average dude I've ever met. And so he he picked us over them. Yeah. Which was kind of uplifting in a way. It made me feel Mm good. Yeah. I'm like, damn. You know what? We are funny. We're funny as fuck. Can show people a good time. We can show people a good time. We played um Jackbox Party Pack. For any of you who don't know what it is, if you have a group of dudes, get the game. Any of the games. They're all fun. So much fun. It's basically like um Kahoot, right? The same idea where you connect a phone to like a central device, but it's like an app on your like Xbox or whatever. And so then it displays like fun games, all kinds of games, like um, type in words and you vote against each other. There's I had so many examples I can't even pin one, but like he, we were just, we we're killing it. We were actually killing it. We're like, oh, yeah, basically God. think of the game as Kahoot mixed with Cards Against Humanity. Because, if you've ever played well, games. it can be Cards Against Humanity, it can be like a PG version. It depends on like your group and who's answering the questions because there's <laughs> yeah. no censors. There's zero censors. Zero. Well, actually, no, there there was one that Sheldon ran into, but... There was a censor? Only on one word that we found. Really? Yeah. No, I'm not going to say it here, though. Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, if it's enough for Jackbox Party to... Ban it? To ban it, then, yeah. Damn. The other thing was uh, throughout the night is like we have this t- tendency to not get sleep. We say fuck sleep at these parties and oh, yeah. like just not get sleep. I don't mess with that. I like my sleep. And I'm not saying I'm the dude going to bed at like nine. I'm still staying up to like three in the m- fucking morning here. But you guys would not let me sleep. I go. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. And I go off at three in the morning and I'm laying in bed and I maybe fall asleep right half an hour and i hear like all you guys like giggling like little schoolgirls outside the door and i'm like this isn't gonna end well and she like all talking like all eight of them and they're like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fuck them up we're gonna all jump on top of them and i'm like please don't be coming in this room because i knew as soon as you open that door it's game over yeah and then you guys bust down the fucking door and i hear jakey and i see everyone's recording I'm like, oh, fuck me, dude. And they all pile on top of me. Eight sweaty, grown-ass men who have been doing shit all day pile on my ass and grab me and hold me down. It was not all at once, okay? So what had actually happened from my point of view was that Matt, of course, got the good idea to, to do it. So Matt, the entire night, was the instigator, and he just slammed Jake up. He was like, wouldn't it be funny if I just body slammed Jake? If I just jumped on top of him? And then, like, four of the other dudes were like, yeah, let's go do it. And then they did it. And so, you know, like, they opened up the door. All of them went in. And I was like, you know what? I guess I'll join. So it was, like, staggered. You know, it wasn't all at once. It was like the big group came. And then, you know, little everyone else was like, okay, fine. I guess we'll, like beat the crap out of Jake. And then eventually you guys all left, but the two fucking lingerers were Matthew and Eddie, who okay, just okay. didn't give a fuck about my well-being and pissed me, like, made me very, very fucking mad the rest of the goddamn night. 
I was going to go to sleep, actually. I was going to go to bed. And then Matthew tried to manifest destiny in my bed. And he's fucking laying on top of me. He's like slapping the shit out of me. He's trying to do like a three way in a, in a double, in a, what is it called when uh, two twins next to each other? Full, a full size bed. And there's not enough room. And he's like fucking with the blankets. He's fucking with my pillow. <laughs> oh, God. And he's like, just he, even talking about it is getting my hiccups just to flare up. And so he's like, he's like fucking with it the entire time. He's fucking with me. I'm like, gonna snap. I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm gonna beat his ass. And he just keeps going and going and going. And then eventually I'm like, fuck this. And so after I lost my pillow, my blankets, and my fucking shorts, I don't know who was it. <gasps> Someone stripped me in my fucking underwear. Do you not remember that? Do you remember, no. Do you remember no, me you, being butt ass naked? You took that off yourself. No, I didn't. I remember that. I was in you shorts. Did. What do you mean? And then someone took off my shorts. No, you did. Some, you took them off. Someone took it off in the doggy pile. No. Yes. No. What do you mean, no? How would you know that? Because I remember you taking them off. You took them off when the door was shut and it was completely dark. I took the pants off, but I still had shorts underneath it. And then someone... Yeah, you, and then you took the shorts off. No, no, no. It was pants to shorts, Eddie. It was pants to shorts, and then you took the shorts off. No, someone took the shorts off of me. I was fucking sexually assaulted. On the doggy I know, I know. You're telling certain. me. No, you're telling me that I... What happened to my shorts? And I'm telling you, when everybody doggy piled on top of me, someone took my fucking pants. My, not my pants, my shorts. You know what? I'm sorry if that was confusing. Someone, they doggy piled on me. I don't know who it fucking was. Someone grabbed my shorts, ripped them off, and was like, hee, 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 and ran away like a little fucking hobgoblin. <laughs> That's not what I remember. Oh, was that weird? That's weird. It's almost like I was the victim. <laughs> no. No, and so, well, I no, remember. I, what, no, fuck it. Anyways, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I know there's another spare room. I don't know who's fucking sleeping in that tonight, but I go to that room. And Logan was sleeping. You guys didn't fuck with Logan. No, of course not. He let Logan Logan, Logan doesn't deserve that. And so Logan is a sweet I went in the, boy. I went in the room. I locked the door. Crawled into that twin bed. I'm like, oh my God, finally I get some peace for us. And then you guys come in. Okay, so, okay. So Matt and I were angry because you were like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'm going to come back. And then you went over into the other room. Yeah, because they didn't want you guys coming after me. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, we were waiting for like 10 minutes or something like that. And we were like, you know what? I bet, you know, like we, we eventually came to the conclusion that you went to the other room. So then we went over. What were you over. waiting for? We were waiting for you to come back. And then what? Oh, and then we were going to just absolutely sexually assault you so like <laughs> i fucking knew it that's so why matt, i went to- matt was underneath the blanket and it actually looked like it was just the blanket <laughs> and so i was gonna yell get him and then he was just gonna come out from underneath the blanket and tackle your legs and then i was gonna get your arms and we were gonna pick you up and just go just go with you we didn't have any plan after that we just knew that we were going to pick you up, and we were going to take you away. So that's why I went to the other room. I had locked myself in that fucking room. Yeah. I'm like, no one's going to get me in here. It's locked. We're good. And I thought that most of you guys were going to just bang out the door and try to annoy the piss out of me, but like, I could just ignore that. And then instantly, without any fucking struggle, you bust the door wide open. Okay, so how we did it was, actually, Brady helped us out. Brady, of course he helped you. Because, you know, he's the average man. He he knows he's the most rational person there. And he just, you know, has common sense. And so he's like, you know, all you need is a credit card. And then he just hands us a card. And then we 
shiv it right on through. Are you fucking kidding in, me? Yeah. And then we, we shivved it in between the uh, the doorknob and the, the actual, like, wood. And then just one open. Oh. You should have, like, seen Jake's face as we walked in. <laughs> it was fucking bullshit. I thought it was safe. I thought it was good for the night. Yeah, you're, you, you busted you might, that shit wide open. You, you, you had locked it, and then like, as soon as we got it open, went boom, and just like Matt and I came in as fast as we could, and we were already messing with you. You brought the blankets that you t- took from me in the other room and started throwing them on top of me in that room. Yes. And then I like fuck. I said fuck off, and I like t- you were on top of me, and I threw you off to the side. <laughs> No, that wasn't me. Oh, that was Matthew? Yeah, that was Matthew. Yeah, I threw Matthew off of me. I, I was the one who was chucking pillows at you as hard as I possibly could. Yeah, I just hear one, two, three, and then they start whipping pillows at me, like fucking beating my ass down. And I'm like, why? And then that, w- and then I snapped when Matthew took my pillow and ran to the other room because I just gotten comfortable. I had all the blankets set up, and I had my one pillow, and I fucking snapped. And you closed the door behind him and held it. I fucking stomped up. I I'd, I probably haven't been that mad in a while. And I grabbed that fucking doorknob and I ripped it open. And you did not stop me one bit. <laughs> and then I fucking Holocaust marched past everyone on their VR headsets. And then Brady was like, Jake looks mad. And I go into the dark room as you're standing outside the other spirit room. Eddie's standing outside the other darkness of the spare room. Matthew has the fucking pillow. I'm not going to say what I did in there. But I just want you to know I came out of that room within 10 seconds with that fucking pillow. And Eddie's like, holy fuck. And then you guys stopped after that. Well, yeah. Because I tried to shut you in with Matt, and you also ripped that door open. Yeah, there was not stopping me. And I came out with the pillow. Like a fucking baller. I look, I bet it looked sick as hell, too. You look tired. <laughs> I was so tired. I was like half asleep. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> and then you guys just decided to stop. I was lucky. I, d- I can't even process that I've been hiccuping for 26 minutes. Uh, even longer than that because remember, like it was directly after dinner. Yeah. So it's been over half an hour. hour of hiccups. Yeah. It literally the most perfect timing for hiccups is when you actually need to not hiccup. It's like and then you hiccup like I, a lot. I like never hiccup. Even when I start hiccuping, it's one hiccup and then I'm done. That's it. <sighs> well, that was prom. And we woke up. Oh, Jack's dad is so great. Yeah. Made us a beautiful dinner uh, breakfast spread. Oh, my gosh. Lack of sleep just affects me so hard. Do you, do you want to talk about what we did after breakfast? Fuck we do after practice. I mean, <laughs> breakfast. I'm so, I, I can't. Treasure. We found treasure. Oh, we probably shouldn't. Probably not. That's criminal evidence. Yes. We can't. The FBI might be listening to this right now. Yes. Um, and I know you people want to know at home, but we, we can't tell you that. Sorry. Treasuring memories. That's what we had. Yeah, after. we had treasuring memories. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, also, we can talk about in the morning Jack's arsenal of fucking weapons that are just badass and cool. Oh, yeah. He had a crossbow. Like a mini crossbow. Yeah. that like just fired like these mini bolts that like went I thought it was gonna be like a little toy gun but no it went like three inches deep in a tree from 20 oh 20. you thought it was a toy yeah 
Dude, I'm like, I, I can just imagine you being like, ho, ho, look at this. And then you like, you know, pretend shoot yourself, but you actually just like, it just drills through your skull. Well, yeah, I was like, oh, dude, this is sick. Uh, this is a sick crossbow you have. What does this thing fire? Little darts? Like, I'm like, this looks really high quality. And he's like, grabs it. And he's like, no, this, this kills squirrels. And I'm like, what? And he pulls out the ammo. It's like this actual, like fully thick metal bolt. And I'm like, what the hell? He loads it, cocks it, goes to a tree 25 yards away, puts a two inch, e- two inch deep hole in that tree with that dart. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. It's actually quite impressive. Yeah. Things got so much power, and it's like a medium, like small. It's like a midget cr- crossbow if you're thinking like a full size one. It was cool. That was that was prom. That was our senior prom. Isn't yeah. it crazy to think that, about? That's it? No more. Yeah. There's no more dances. No more dances. No more school events, even. Not really. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Such graduation. And that's it. Over there. Yep. And then freedom. It's scary. No, it's not. It's exciting. Yep. Well, I don't know. Let's talk about philosophy what did you want to talk about okay so you had brought it up previously but nothing matters okay okay and well okay explain you gotta elaborate just just a fucking smidge on that okay okay (laughs) you can't just say also this is gonna be a shorter episode for you you don't know we're kind of out of time crunch we're going like an hour instead of our usual hour 30 (laughs) continue buddy okay So this all starts with the ego. And the ego, when you look up the ego, it can be kind of hard to uh, truly figure out, like, what is the ego? Like, when I first started getting into psychology, I didn't even know what the ego was. So what the ego is, is a person's sense of identity. So for instance, I am Eddie. I like cats. I like running. I dislike Brussels sprouts. Okay. You know, those are all... Like things that you... It's you. It's who you are. Yes, it's my sense of identity. Mm-hmm. It's who I believe that I am. But Eddie is a construct, right? My sense of identity is not real. Eddie, Eddie is just who you say you are. Yeah, you could you you know your preferences like I like cats and all that stuff, but you could just be like I actually like dogs. Exactly, it's all things that you chose, right? So you choose who you are, you choose your sense of identity, and um, this is where fear comes in, right? right? So what fear is is it's there to help keep that sense of identity. Your ego in check helps preserve your ego. Also helps like keeps us alive. So, well, yeah, but you know, that's another construct is that I am a human. That is my sense of identity, right? Okay. So I'm following fear. You could say I'm afraid to touch a hot stove, right? And that's because my hand is part of my sense of identity. You know, I am Eddie. I am a human. I have two hands. If one of those hands were to be gone, well, that's where fear comes in. 
fear is there to be like, hey, don't touch that hot stove because then your hand will get burnt. Will get burnt. Crispy. And so fear, the very root of fear, comes from the ego. And that means that fear in itself is also a construct, something that we create, something that we create to help preserve the things that we have already created. Yeah. It's a self-defense mechanism. Right. Right. That's what fear is. And so that means that nothing matters. If you think about it, because it's all stuff that we've... But how does it not matter? You didn't tie that two together. Because it's all things that we've constructed. Right. So... Meaning that it's not objective. It's not... Because, like, you could say, oh, I don't want to touch the hot stove because then my hand will burn. But you only have that as a priority because you chose to have it as a priority. It doesn't matter, objectively speaking. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. The way to use this in a beneficial way is to say death doesn't matter and jump off a cliff right now. Yes, nothing matters. Your life doesn't matter. It's a social construct that you built in your mind. Nothing, nothing you do or say will ever change that except for, so any hardships you're going through are your fault and therefore just jump. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. So there are things to take away from this sort of philosophy that nothing matters because everything is a construct that you chose. Mm-hmm. The things that you can take away from it is that one should not be afraid of death. And Okay, wow, I wasn't that far off. <laughs> wasn't well, that far no, off. No, but you know, that's the reason why death shouldn't be such a scary thing is because to be alive is you know, your sense of identity. Right. And the fear of death is to preserve that you know, sense of identity that you are alive. But what, like, actual value does that sense of identity have? Well, nothing, really. Yeah. So, therefore, nothing matters. And not only that, but, you know, you you chose to have that fear, right? right? And, and like, you also chose the fact that you prioritize being alive and you think of being alive as a good thing so the only reason why you have fear is because you know it's a construct it's something that doesn't matter something that's not real and so you can take away from this kind of point of view that death shouldn't be scary because nothing should be scary because being afraid is Mm, pointless. Pointless. <laughs> Fuck. God. It's just, and this then, is just, this podcast just, just ain't it right now. I'm not saying I don't like the podcast, just this exact moment for me is, oh, it's been rough. Mm-hmm. I, do, so, I do like the idea that nothing matters. Yeah. Second thing to take away from this sort of idea is that you can get through anything because nothing matters. So, for example, when working, a lot of people procrastinate. And you could say, well, I'll do my work right now 
even though it's going to be uncomfortable because uncomfort it it doesn't matter it's just a construct that i created right like you choose what is fun for you and what is boring for you and so work is very boring scrolling through tiktok is very fun those are constructs those are things that you have chosen those are things that you can change and so it doesn't matter that you're uncomfortable it doesn't matter that you're feeling bored you know doing work because nothing matters right so you can just choose to ignore that discomfort and just do your work just do you nothing matters right you can choose to make work fun it's not like a written rule that work ha- has to be boring it's that passion that you bring towards work every day probably make work way more enjoyable if you just say it's enjoyable exactly and you can make it more enjoyable with the knowledge that and you know everything is malleable your perspective is malleable because of the fact that you chose that perspective you can mold it to be anything that you want it's changeable it's flexible it's just if you choose to do it or not you know how you take advantage of those situations. Now, moving on from nothing matters, I think a good segue is don't try. Don't try? Don't try. So, what I mean by this, it sounds in a bad way. It sounds horrible. But, I mean it in the best way possible. So what I mean, <laughs> everyone heard that you didn't hide that exhale whenever sometimes we don't want like the the breath of our breathing to pick up if we're full or we're tired if we're breathing, you know, uh, into the mic. So we'll turn our heads away and we'll be like, and usually you guys don't pick it up. But on that one, it was so fucking loud because he's been talking for so long. It was he turned his head away so fucking far and I you heard it so clearly, too. He was like, what I mean is <laughs> it was just funny. I don't know. Okay, you're saying don't try. Don't try. If something feels like you have the need to try, then that means that it is work. So you can then choose to not try and to actually have fun with everything. You go into work, for example, as this is work. You are already going in there with resistance. But instead of thinking of it as work and something that you need to try to do, instead just do it. You don't need to try. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there for a second. I think this idea, this thinking is good for a lot of people. But for some, it, it 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 can't be fun. You can't think of everything as fun. Some things need to be work. If it, 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 Not everything can be a joyous, good time where you just, you know, laugh at everything and laugh at yourself. Some things need to be work in your life. Not everything can be fun. This outlook can work well for people who struggle at certain things and, you know, can't embrace that work kind of environment and need the joy to keep working. But if you really want to be 100% a better person, you need work. 
So I disagree with this. I, I know I agree with the idea, right? That you can make everything to not try, but I feel like there's certain things you need to try on. When you don't try, you have the most fun, right? And when you're having fun, one, time flies. And two, you end up doing things faster. And so, why do a less fast, less enjoyable way of living? Because some people just need it. Why some do they people, need it? Some people's brains are wired that they need that work. They need that in unenjoyable. I need to have something in my day that I don't look forward to. Why do they need that? You need to be... Because you can't... Okay, they need that because you can't have an environment where it's, you know, you feel comfortable doing everything because it's not going to be that way 100% of the time. There's going to be times, no matter how hard you try, you're going to feel uncomfortable doing stuff and you're going to need to feel uncomfortable for those situations. Don't try. No, you can't just say that. No matter how hard you try, but if you aren't trying, then it doesn't matter. But it's going to come up. Like, you can't just say, don't try, and people can apply that to their lives, but it's not going to work for every corner, every area. They might try, and it might be hard, and eventually you'll be able to do it, but there's going to be times when they're going to be uncomfortable, and people need to be prepared for that. So, with this outlook, you go back and forth between little enjoyment and lots of enjoyment. So, no matter what, Assuming that um, a person were to be able to, you know, do this to not try anything, that means that they would always be in an enjoyable moment, right? And so it just matters on how much enjoyment they are experiencing at that moment in time. And so your lows would still be enjoyment. And your highs would be extreme enjoyment. And those extreme enjoyment times recharge you to be able to maintain that kind of happiness, that kind of level of enjoyment. I can see that. But at the same time, I feel as if... I feel as if the the work ratio is just not there. Like people need that, you know, work to reward reward ratio, and when you have that, you know, they're they're more dedicated. They work harder. The 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 amount of commitment people put when they have that actual, you know, work to reward is so much higher than if you just give reward reward reward. Even if it's a little reward, sometimes people just need nothing. And then to have that little bit of something, if you, because if you give too much of something, it becomes so bland. And I feel like even if it's little enjoyments, right, those little enjoyments are just going to melt away. And then eventually when you have those melting away points, you're not going to appreciate the actual little things that you should maybe put a little more value on. It's all going to blend in, be gray. So it's, it's a good idea. I like the idea of like, you know, enjoy it. Don't try. Blend it all in, right? But when you blend it all in, then it all turns gray. And it's like you can't separate the true 
happiness from the true sadness because you've just say, okay, I'm just going to play it safe and put everything in the gray. I just, I don't like it. So I think like the core of your argument is that if you can get burnt out almost on enjoying things. Yes. I don't believe so. The reason why is because there are different kinds of appreciation, different kinds of perspectives and outlooks that you can use still through the lens of enjoyment. And so what I mean by that is that laying on the couch is an enjoyable time, right? You are warm, you are comfortable, maybe eating a bag of chips, something like that. But bungee jumping is also enjoyable, but they're two separate things. Right, two very different experiences. And so even though you are going throughout your day with the outlook of enjoyment on everything, it's still experiencing different things in like, oh, this feels refreshing, this feels warm, this feels cold. This You still appreciate the little things, but you don't get burnt out because each of those little things is different. So if you enjoy everything, shouldn't you enjoy the bad habits? Should you enjoy, you know, um, an obesity problem or an uh, alcoholic addiction or a drug addiction? Should you should you appreciate that? I feel like there's certain things that like... Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> My dog just walked in. Um, this is just a fucking chat podcast. But... Um, there's certain things that like you need to know right from wrong enjoyment to not enjoyment. If you enjoy everything, like I said, the lines get blurred. You know, it's not just about a burnout. It's about you don't know even know what you truly enjoy anymore. Should I enjoy the sadness? Should I embrace the sadness? It's like then that leads to depression, and then that's not a healthy path to go See, down. That that's how I know for a fact that someone can have enjoyment all throughout their day, twenty four seven is because people have depression. What depression is, is the exact opposite. They have the outlook that everything is negative 24-7. And if you can have that perspective, then you can have the flip side of it. Mm-hmm. But 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 then, of course, like we talked about, depression for a long period of time, of course, is not healthy. You know, I, I honestly do not think happiness for an, another prolonged period of time will be healthy either. Obviously, there is a balance between what you choose to matter and what you choose to not matter. So this is what I mean by the the takeaways that you can that you can take from the nothing matters argument is that you know when you say nothing matters that is a very that is the most statement that's the most extreme statement of it but what i'm saying is that you take things away from it so you know people who do psychedelics Mm -hmm. some of them well most i'd say actually a small portion of them, they do it for philosophical reasons, while the majority do it for escapism reasons, right? To get away from their problems, to distract them from them. 
But for the people who choose for it to be philosophical, what some of them have encountered have been like Zen, Zen moments where they believe that nothing matters. And they are completely content with their lives to the point where they will sit there, do nothing, and basically starve themselves because they are content with, because, you know, everything is a construct, right? Y your ego makes it so that, you know, you choose to be alive. You choose everything. And so if you just stop choosing then you could be like, oh, I don't care if I die, right? So that is the most extreme view, and you can see how it leads to death. It is bad. Very bad. So the most extreme view on it, the most extreme examples, you can see are bad. So what I do mean is that for the things that you want to take away from your life, you can apply this. And so going back to the don't try perspective, you, all the... All you're the, okay? You froze there a little bit. <laughs> all don't the, try. You're like a Windows loading screen. <laughs> all the happiness, right? right? All yeah. If you are content with everything, then that leads to death as seen from the nothing matters example of... The, you know the deep end off the deep end off the deep end um and so in your moment of being inside of your ego you can still choose what matters and what doesn't matter and when you do choose what doesn't matter then you can go more in depth with it and let go of it so what this method is used for especially the, the don't try. Sorry. <laughs> That's another one where you just couldn't hide it, bro. You had, <sighs> yeah, Dude, we're just not is... we're not in our A game today, are we? Yeah, no. Not at all. But we're sorry. You know, like this this don't try method. Mm -hmm. It's it's especially useful for being able to accept and let go right well every human needs to be able to accept and let go in their lives when you have scenarios where you know you put too much emotion and i'm a very emotional person mm -hmm. and i think emotion helps drive the life force of like everything in this world right and without emotions we wouldn't have of course there's pros and cons to emotions you know without emotions we wouldn't have art we wouldn't have passion and we have sports but like the cons would be, you know, your emotion towards one thing or another leads you down a dark path that you can't undo. So emotions are just so necessary to me that I can't see a world without them. But I can see why limiting emotions itself could have this prolonged effect on a better health. If you're especially if you're an emotional person like me, if I just go with the outlook, like the stressors, like the bad things, if I go with the outlook that like truly that does not matter it's almost like in a word if you were like on stage and like every time you bring up a memory in your past or maybe it's just like a thought in your head the stage light comes on right and so 
the stage light comes on and maybe you're reliving a traumatic experience. Maybe it's something, I don't know, something trivial, something stupid that you got overworked for and you're stressed out over nothing, but you remember it, but you just wish it could go away. I would say the nothing matter approach is like if the curtains just closed on it, right? So like you embarrass yourself at the mall. Maybe you spilled your drink on some girl. I don't know. I'm fucking making this shit up as I go. But like the light comes on every time you think about it. You're at the mall. But then you're like, nothing matters. So the light's still on. But it's like the curtains come and fade right over it. And the light's just on the blank curtains. Because exactly. it, it should give you matters. It should give you comfort, you know, because like, oh, I got a bad score on my test. That's okay. What Nothing is matters. Yeah, what yeah. is what is the educational system? But Maybe it's a subject you're just not good at. That extreme point of view. You know, I'm someone who likes to look at all different perspectives. Right. I feel obligated to look at every single different perspective. And so this nothing matters approach is one of those perspectives. So the way to use this and the way to incorporate this into your life is first you have your initial reaction, your default setting, right? Your default perspective. So you take whatever information you need in and then you reflect back onto it. And then you can apply this perspective. It's not necessarily, this shouldn't be your default perspective. It shouldn't, but this is something that you can apply to see if it makes sense. So let's say, oh, my wife divorced me and took the kids. Well, nothing matters, so it's okay. That shouldn't be your default perspective. It should be you have your initial reaction. Oh, no, that's bad, right, because you're... Your sense of identity is that you are a husband. You are a, a father mm-hmm. of, of children. And so if that were to happen, fear would come in and say, you know, your sense of identity of being a father and a husband is, you know, being under attack. Right. And so fear comes in and that is your first initial perspective. And so you can then use this as a complementary perspective to eventually get down to, you know, the the ultimate right decision that you need. Perspectives are such a funny thing, don't you think? Because when we have certain scenarios, it's it's so weird how we perceive things. So, for instance, I had, like, one of the most embarrassing memories of my life is when I was carrying food up a bunch of stairs at, like, a family reunion, and, like, I dropped it, and I fell over this fucking floor and shit, and it was just, like, so embarrassing. And, like, everyone was coming around, and I got so mad. It ruined the night, and it was, like, a big family reunion. I don't get to see my family often, and it was, like, very disappointing that I let myself ruin the occasion like that. And I remember I brought it up one time at another family reunion. I'm like, <laughs> remember that time that I spilled all that food on the stairs? They couldn't. They couldn't remember it. 
that memory was like burned into my fucking mind like a like a like a stamp on cattle like it just i couldn't unsee like the people's faces when i dropped the food and i went everywhere and then it was so non so trivial to them and then the same as the reverse i didn't think about it till later but like I put myself in someone else's shoes. I was at my girlfriend's uh, family reunion. And at the dinner table, someone spilled a glass of milk in front of everybody, right? And, of course, I didn't see it as a big deal. It didn't really affect me or my food. I literally just, like, helped clean it up along with everyone. Then we got back to eating. You know, it was, like, five minutes of a mess, right? But then I thought about it for a while. I'm like, to him, that's probably a very embarrassing memory that's going to stick with him. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna affect him. So I made sure that I go up to him afterwards, and I was like, it, "It's okay. Like no one's gonna remember that. Nobody cares." Sure not. I, I mean, I remember it, but only because I made a big deal about it. Otherwise, I would have been like another, it's like glass of spilt milk. No one gives a shit. No one cares. You can also. Use other complementary perspectives. And so, on the flip side, you can use the perspective, everything matters. And this is the perspective that you have, um, especially for like people with social anxiety. They don't try to have this perspective, but it comes along. So... You know, your sense of identity. This seems like a good method for people who don't have self-control. Who don't have self-control. Mm-hmm. Everything matters. Mm-hmm. Wild people that just go out and don't think their actions like affect the world when they really do. Yeah. And so, like, this would be a good method for them. But, you know, like, someone with social anxiety, they walk into, like, a crowd of people. Let's say you're going down the hallways in high school. How does my hair look? What what do I look like when I am walking? Am I walking I, funny? Is my yeah. outfit right? Um, you know, do I look stupid? Can anyone hear my music? Uh, am I carrying my books weird? Like shit like that. It's like no one gives a fuck how you carry your books, but people actually struggle with stuff like that. And It's crazy. So... The reason why they focus so much on the little details is because every single little detail matters because everything matters, right? The big matters, the small matters. And so, like Jake said, this perspective is for the impulsive people. This perspective is for the people who don't know what is socially acceptable or what is the right thing to do. This kind of perspective is complementary towards the the people who aren't able to understand responsibility. I think, just to put this in perspective, for those of you out there who don't have, like, social anxiety, picture it like this. You know that guy who's a little awkward, right, at your school? Like, maybe socially awkward, and he doesn't talk too much, but he's always just kind of there. He's a few friends, but he's just like, he's quiet. Like, he's the dude that does not talk. Have you ever noticed how that guy never changes his hair? 
that those type of people will leave their fucking hair the same to the day they're in that coffin. They do not change their hair because they're afraid of like, oh, what if people like they they get a haircut but at most like two three inches and then it's a haircut. People with like truly bad social anxiety are afraid to even like stop <laughs> style their hair in different ways because they're afraid that everyone's gonna notice. And, like, they're going to judge them for it, which is insane. Yeah, because, of course, everything matters. And hair matters. And so... <laughs> That's my dad who just sneezed and yawned in the background. I'm not sure if that'll pick up, but that was loud as fuck. This is, we're bootleg. We're, we're not real podcasters. We're fucking yeah. wannabes, bro. We're, we're not professional. This is, like, such a non-professional fucking podcast. It's funny. This is almost as bad as um our prologue. Or what was that? What would we call that first episode? The pilot. The pilot episode. Yeah. We uploaded a pilot episode before episode one, which was personalities. And in that pilot episode, it was just such a mess. It was so bad. Yeah. We didn't have a structure I mean, or plan. All of our episodes are messes, to be quite honest. But this one is a particular mess. This one was. was. This one's getting up there with the pilot episode. Yeah. But anyway, back, back on topic. So, you know, the way that you could use this for work is that every single detail matters. And so when you go through, it's all trying. It's all, you have to be serious. You have to look at the details. You have to make sure that when you read something, you actually comprehend it. It doesn't just go, you know, you read it and then forget about it. Or, you know, like you're reading it and not actually reading it. You're reading it just to read it. Like, you can't do that. You have to take in every single word that you read. You have to take in every number that you put down. Everything that you track. Little stuff like that. So, this has been Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. First part of this episode, we talked about prom. Second part is, I would say, Eddie's three tips for a healthier mental environment i know we said to talk philosophy but those are those are really good tips i like those tips it's all about perspective and you know how you may have your default perspective but your default perspective is just because of your ego and so you can change your perspective and have complementary perspectives to your default and to eventually craft who you want to be. Who you want to be. That's, that's beautiful. It's like fucking art. This has been Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. Uh, in case you guys forget, please, please, please download all of our episodes. We really appreciate it. And if you're not, if you really enjoy this content, even though you might not have enjoyed this episode, please give our channel a follow. I guarantee you'll be pumping out some banger content soon enough. So, again, if you liked it, download. If you like us even more than that, you should follow and then, you know, just share our share our podcast. Be like, yo, these dudes are really cool and funny and they're like hip teenagers. Do you want to listen to this pal? And they'll be like, what, are the, what will they be like? They'll be like, oh. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. Why would I listen to that podcast? <laughs> oh, my life is a joke. All right. Well, last time, this has been Writing the, Narrative with Jake and, Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I am Jake. And I am Eddie. Have a good night, everybody.